Hi, and welcome to the Life in Balance podcast, where we hold space for each other in a crazy world. We share our ideas on how to find balance in one's life through yoga and all that comes with it. My name is Nicole, and I am here with my lovely friend and co-host, Steph. Hello, Steph. Hello, Nicole. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. The sun is shining. It's kind of warm out. I probably shouldn't say that because I don't think it's the same where you are. Take it where we can get it. You had a snowstorm, and I use the word storm very lightly. I saw multiple snowplows, and it was difficult to drive in, and it lasted for more than 24 hours. So I feel like that constitutes a baby storm. Baby storm. Baby storm. We'll take it. Baby French storm. (laughs) Makes it sound cute. I know. It was cute. It was beautiful. I I, I think I told you that I was... Kind of looked outside, like, wow, this is so exciting. My partner was like, really? Like, why are you excited about this? You spent your whole life seeing that same scene. <laughs> just felt like a bit of a novelty thing over here, I think. Yeah, I can relate to that. Mm. I think even, you know, the first snowfall of the season here is always, like, special. It is, isn't it? And then it gets, the snow gets, starts to get a bit dirty and a bit slushy. And mm-hmm. then you can't go back. No, exactly. You got to wait till next year to get that magic again. (laughs) Well, I'm excited for our conversation today. We are going to dive into our intuition. Mm -hmm. And really, I mean, we're going to talk about what it's like to listen to your intuition, what intuition is, how to trust your intuition, and then maybe speaking about different ways that you can strengthen your connection to intuition. Because I think intuition is a highly undervalued and underutilized resource, especially in dominant culture where we tend to prioritize intellect and reasoning and checking all the boxes and making sure we have all of the right certifications and all of the right background and training before we can know something to be true. We have to have all of our facts and data lined up. That is generally how we prioritize knowledge, how we prioritize information is how how valid it is based on the evidence. And when it comes to intuition, that's really the opposite in the sense that you can know something without having to think about it. Mm-hmm. You can know that there's uh, a decision you have to make or an action you want to take or even just a feeling that you have that you don't have to justify or explain. Although sometimes we feel like we have to because it's, again, not often valued or prioritized in worlds outside of kind of a yoga context or even a wellness context. Yeah, I I think that sounds great. And this is a conversation I think you and I've had on multiple different occasions, not in a podcast um, situation, but just conversations that you and I have over the phone or in person about, you know, leading from the heart, working from the heart and listening to what's happening inside. And we can think about intuition as our internal guide. It's an internal guide to the external. Um, As much as it just remains internal, it's something that guides us without being taught, something that we know to send us on a certain path, but yet, unfortunately, the external guides kind of overshadow and and silence it in in many situations, which happens I think with everyone but the more and what we'll talk about today the more we can learn to trust and connect 
with ourselves, the louder the voice of that internal guide is going to be, which is certainly easier said than done. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. And I love that you use the word guide too, because guide is sort of a really welcoming idea where it's like, I'm picturing just this, this really open gesture that's like, hey, look at this right here go that way. You know, it's really kind of quiet. It's not necessarily something that is always so forceful, although we can definitely talk about moments where you kind of have a hit of intuition where it's like, oh no, I know that this is not what I want to do, or I know that this is exactly what I want to do. But if we, if we look at it more as a guide, as like another way to evaluate something or another way to, to check in with ourselves, um, I think that's a really helpful descriptor and analogy for it. I also, what comes to mind is that there's so many layers of contradiction, intuition, as there are layers of contradiction in just about everything. When we think about intuition in a, you know, loving and romantic context, you know, those stories of, oh, I just knew, we value those stories and we think that those are lovely, um, you know, positive things that happen to us. But when we use intuition in maybe a professional capacity, I just knew that that was the direction I needed to take with the business. That's when people all of a sudden start to think, hmm, is that, you know, that's when those sort of exterior guides, if you will, like um, diplomas and the plethora of other things that you mentioned at the beginning of our chat, those are the things that start to overshadow those you know, the voice of that internal guide, generally from other people. It certainly does come from ourselves. We often think, is this the right move? When it comes to things like love and romance, and we don't, we don't seem to question it as much as we do in other parts of our lives, which is so contradictory and a bit silly when you think about it. It's also making me think that, you know, that world of romance and love and, you know, just knowing knowing that it was right or whatever the case may be, I think we also often describe that experience as cliche. And so even in just calling it cliche, we're kind of de- devaluing it. We're saying like, oh no, that's just fluff or ah, oh, that's just a story. And so I think you're absolutely right that when we can look at intuition in other contexts, like in in business, like in in family, like in other life decisions, can we, you know, start to give it more weight or more appreciation for it being a totally valid way of making decisions when it's kind of really connected in that place of inner knowing. Um, And I think, you know, part of when we talk, when we we will start to talk about what it's like to strengthen your intuition, there is a natural discernment that comes from knowing like, oh yeah, am I doing this just because I think I should, or am I really connected to what I want and what I know I want to do next? Absolutely. And, you know, as, as you were think, sitting here, I was thinking about how, you know, histor- history, history, well, I don't know, that's not even how you pronounce that word in the English language. Um, I, I, you know, for those of you who listen um, to us regularly or, or know me personally, I love history. And by no means am I any history buff, but I often look to the past for understanding or explanation about things. And if we think about sort of the history of humanity and and how intuition plays a part, human beings have always 
been guided by intuition more so than 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 any other external guide i would say especially at a time when we didn't have so many other options we didn't have so much knowledge outside of ourselves you know obviously we can look to sort of religion and spirituality as a helpful guide as well for a lot of people and certainly has been the been the case in the past but people didn't have a plethora of you know individuals to speak to about what they should and shouldn't do or should I take this path or should I take this path or they didn't obviously have you know google search engines or um you know all of those sort of external factors that now cloud in many ways our own sense of intuition and then when we when we always probably didn't have in many ways because of that we didn't have these sort of clichés when we think about these sort of lovely views the example of the lovely romantic love stories in the past they're never seen as clichés they're only seen as clichés now but mm-hmm. love and romance and none of that has changed human beings haven't changed to that extent so why was it acceptable then to follow one's intuition and why is it seen as a cliche now to do so it's an interesting you know it's an interesting thought i don't have an answer to that but um i think it comes to the fact that we know more we have so much more exposure um you know to different sources of information and as we know and why we even have this podcast and why we talk about these you know concepts so often is that when we get out of ourselves and we get out of balance with ourselves that's when the cloudiness starts to sort of multiply and multiply and multiply and then we get to a place where we don't know which way we're supposed to be going because we haven't been listening to ourselves at all that was a lot of like very big hand gestures as i was explaining that <laughs> i was so into it not that i can see you but i could feel it <laughs> um i what what's coming up for me as you're talking about that and i think actually looking looking to history is so helpful for giving us perspective for giving us perspective on yeah how how did humans do this for the millennia uh, you know thousands and thousands and thousands of years that um and by the way, I know it's more than three thousands, but we'll, we'll <laughs> for the for, for the sake of our podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but what the word that's coming up for me is there's a an innate sense of self trust that sounds like it was louder or perhaps louder in history than in a modern age where, like you said, we have access to levels of information that we've never had before, and um, evolutionarily as humans, we haven't caught up with technology in the way that our society has, has changed so quickly with, with all of the advances in, in industry and technology and all those sorts of things. And so when I think about self-trust, I've, I've, I don't know if I've used this description or analogy on the podcast before, but one thing that's, that kind of keeps coming in for me is I imagine that there's like uh, a big volume dial. And if we could control this volume dial, as you turn the volume up on your inner experience, so things like intuition, so things like inner listening, inner wisdom, self-trust, connection with your, um, you know, your senses, so how you're physically feeling in your body, as you dial up the volume inside, everything outside, the volume goes down. So there's kind of this opposite, like opposite effect of. Volume going up in one place means volume goes down on the other. Now, if like you said, if we're more, if we've got the volume much higher up on outside influences, 
like Google, like our teachers, like our colleagues, like our family, our friends, social media, whatever it is that you kind of look to to support decision making, um, then it might be harder or quieter to hear that inner voice. And I think when we talk about this in the context of, you know, how do we how do we then turn up the volume more on our inner experience so that when we are navigating the outer world, we at least have something to, to point back to or to come back in on when we're needing to make certain decisions or when we're evaluating really how we live our life. Because there doesn't have to be an obvious decision making. Everything we do, every choice we make or don't make has kind of a, a consequence that affects what we do or don't do next. It's so interesting that you say that because I just had a question for you and you literally drove me right to um, that question, which is fantastic. Would you agree or disagree with the following statement that we are, as human beings, the accumulation of the decisions that we make? I mean, yeah, I would, I would agree with that <laughs> based on what I just said. I, I've heard that idea tossed around before. And I think the way that I maybe interpret that now is different to how I would have interpreted it 10 mm -hmm. years ago even. Yeah. And if I heard that phrase 10 years ago, I would have felt a lot of pressure around that. I would have kind of taken it as like, oh my God, well, I better make sure I make the right decision or I'm going to have a life that amounts to nothing or I'm going to do all the wrong things. Like I, I took it as a like, oh, wow, this is bad like you're not <laughs> that I have that much power. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas now I'm like, oh, wow, look how much power I have to, to shape a life that I want to have. Mm, that's interesting. Like it's a, it's a mm. really different like perspective, mm -hmm. but I'm curious to know. Yeah. How does it, how does that phrase or that idea land with you? I think, I think exactly as, as you mentioned, if you had uh, mentioned that to me years ago, I would have also felt that pressure of needing to always make quote unquote the right decision. Mm -hmm. And that is a whole other topic. And we will have a whole other episode about perfectionism and how you and I are, very deep-rooted recovering perfectionist but now as you say I think I I actually feel a sense of relief in saying that phrase out loud because what it does is it talks a little bit about this sort of victim complex that we had spoken about a couple of episodes ago and for me it pulls me out of that victim I don't say phase but out of that victim mindset like I have no control over the, what happens in my life. And it gives me back, just as you say, that power to be able to guide my own life myself. And the more that we can, the more that we have our inner guide working on our behalf and have the, the volume dialed down, as you mentioned, on the exterior, the easier I think that those decisions are to make. Now that's not to, that's not to, glaze over and say that decision-making, especially when it comes to our own lives, is easy. It will never be easy. It wasn't easy before. It's not easy now, and it won't be easy in the future. But it's more balanced, and it's more, it's more balanced, and it's also more natural if we're able to be guided 
by an intuition that is less cloudy. And Mm -hmm. that makes me feel empowered versus feeling pressured. But as you said, before I even started diving into this world at all, I would have totally thought that that was a huge amount of pressure to say, like, I can never make a mistake. And if I'm the accumulation of all of my decisions, well, I better make the best ones possible. But again, that's a whole other topic as well. What's the best decision? (laughs) Ropes all the way back around to intuition, I think. Intuition, yeah. One thing that I was going to say around um, that pressure and that feeling of needing to make the right decision, what, what I've experienced is that the more that you can tap into your intuition and the more that you actually respond in alignment with it. Because sometimes, at least for me, I know I've had experiences where I had an intuition about something or I had like a little hit that was like, ooh, I don't know if you should do that. And I was like, no, 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 I'm good, I'll do it. And then, it, you know, it didn't quite turn out or or I, I had a moment where I'm like, oh, I really should have, should have listened mm-hmm. to myself. And I think it's really important to pay attention to those signals and and how you respond to them. Because... If you're having lots of those moments where you you have a hit of intuition, and again, it, this could be a gut feeling, this could be just a little voice that sort of says, or or something that's like, yes, go for it. And then you you kind of have a little mini, your fear response clicks in. It's like, oh, we don't know how to handle that. But the initial response from your body was like, yeah, we got we to gotta go. We got to do this. If you can develop awareness around those moments and those experiences, the more that you listen to the intuition and honor it with an aligned action or decision or whatever the case may be, so where you kind of, you say, yeah, okay, I'm going to listen to that. I'm going to do do what I feel. I'm going to do what that voice or that sensation is guiding me to or inviting me to do. And equally, moments where you don't honor that, where you have that feeling or that, that gut sense and you're like, no, I'm just going to ignore that and, and hope for the best. And sometimes, you know, again, we can't control the outcome. And I think we talked about this in the last season around letting go of expectations, but you're kind of building up your own internal resource. So your own data bank for how well you're trusting yourself and how well you're you're able to believe yourself um, in those moments. And I think if we're accumulating experiences where we have a, a hit of intuition and we don't listen to it, it gets harder and harder and harder as you go down the line. Similarly, if we have intuitive hits and we are honoring it, we are listening to it, it gets easier and easier and easier to hear it, feel it, see it, know it, and again, honor it. So it's, it's as much as it's innate and within us always, it's also something that takes practice. Well, that's what I was just going to say. Gosh, you, you're like, speaking of intuition, I'm like, just you're planting every <laughs> seed. It's like, Non-stop. My question to you is how, when you say practice intuition, I mean, what we're trying to do is practice, you know, opening that up to we can allow a louder voice for intuition to guide us. How, if someone came to you and said, how do I practice intuition? What, what kind of advice would you give them? Yeah, I think it's, I would say intuition isn't something you can necessarily practice before you just simply practice listening to yourself, listening to your body, listening to your emotions. And that practice for me, you know, 
I developed it through yoga, really, was where it starts. And, and when a teacher says, you know, become aware of how it feels, <laughs> or, you know, what's the, subtle, what's the subtle message when you're in Downward Facing Dog? What's coming up for you? Um, it's little moments like that. And again, when I talk about that, that accumulation of the more that we're developing our capacity for awareness, for being able to see something as it is. And I think this is, again, a whole other topic we could talk about, but, but awareness isn't, isn't looking for what you want to hear. Awareness is just simply awareness. Mm. So you're not making a judgment about what you see, feel, experience. It's like that's that's what it is, and so the more that you can objectively—that's um, not a word—objectively <laughs> observe what is going on inside, mm. and I think it's easier for me, at least, and probably why so many of us start in a yoga asana practice. We start with the physical postures. We start in group yoga classes, is because the physical body is more tangible and obvious mm. for us to have that gateway in, right? Like our skin, our bones, our limbs are the most external parts of us. And so if we can start there and slowly work our way into more subtle layers, so it might be, and, and in yoga, these are, these are called the koshas, but it would be sort of the physical body. And then, and then, you know, coming into the mental body and coming into the, the pranic body. So Something like breath awareness, noticing how your breath is moving through your body or the quality of your breath. That's tuning into a more subtle experience. And again, the more that we tune in and go inward, the quieter the noise outside of us becomes. And then the, the balance that we're talking about is like, okay, how do we then translate that? How do we take that off of the mat quite literally? And into the world. And I think that's why for me, it really did just start on a yoga mat. And it's not like I was necessarily making a connection. And no, I mean, I know I wasn't making a connection right away in my early, you know, few years of, of practicing. I wasn't like, okay, I'm doing yoga to strengthen my intuition. It was more like that <laughs> became a byproduct of things like yoga and then later meditation. What about for you? How has your intuition shown up for you or how how do you kind of most connect with it well i was thinking about what you what i would say if you asked me that same question and i i feel like now i'm just repeating what you say <laughs> which is not my intention at all but for me as well yoga has opened up that that space for me and I wouldn't say it's always available. You know, I think that it, I, I certainly can't say that it's never cloudy and that I always make it the, you know, intuitive decision that is based on, you know, what's happening with me internally. I still have moments certainly where I let those exterior factors and those exterior guides voice be a little bit louder. But yoga certainly helps. And I was thinking about how, so much, how do I say this? When you were mentioning about how, you know, our asanas, our, our physical postures are the gateway because it's a more tangible experience. I was thinking about how that's how we as humans almost approach every investment, isn't it? 
Like if you mm-hmm. even think about, and you know, financial investments, we it's almost more intuitive to invest in something like the stock market, not the stock market, sorry, the opposite of what I was trying to say, in um, real estate, because we can see it. We see the house. We live in the house. We're in the space. We see the fruits of our investment versus an investment in some sort of account far away, invested in things that we really don't understand. And it's harder to sort of connect with those types of investments versus the sort of physical the physical four walls and our bodies and are, are really the same. It's the same kind of concept. We physically invest in our clothes in our physique in, in those tangible things that we can see and feel versus what's happening in internally, which we have less sort of, we almost feel like we have less control over, but if anything, we almost have more control over it because as long as we learn about it and tap into it, there's a lot more that, I want to say manipulate, and that's not the right word that, that, that I should use for that, what I'm trying to say, but for lack of a better one, that we have the control and the, um, the knowledge and that intellect that we were speaking of beginning, at the beginning of our chat, we have that intellect already in ourselves. We just have to tap into it. And doing asanas and meditating and just simply breathing, and as you mentioned, being aware of ourselves doing these things while we do them, that's a huge gateway to understanding and, and strengthening and practicing that intuition. But it's a long I road. love the analogy that you gave you around. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Because it is so, it is that, that thing that is more tangible is easier for us to wrap our, <laughs> I'm going to say heads around <laughs> because it <laughs> t- tends to be where we start first, right? Is like yeah. we approach something with that that cognitive process Mm. and then work our way in. And so I think it's important to highlight too. And I think hopefully that people listening in would, would understand that it is something that can take time. So as as I I mentioned, as much as we all have access to, to our intuition, it can take time to really like hone it. Um, And I will add for myself as well, I can, have a sense of what I what I want to do or what I should do or what I know is right, for example, and still want like to ask someone. <laughs> Absolutely. That's why we have each other. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, and and it's funny because and that's why I love talking to you about stuff like this is, you know, when I have to make a decision, I will and this, this for me, it mostly comes up in in business related decisions. But again, I I run what some people have described as an intuitive business. So of course, I'm going to be making intuitive <laughs> decisions when I'm when I'm operating it. But I will already kind of know what I want to do. And I'm like, yeah, this is the thing I want to do. But then, absolutely, being human, I'm like, ah, oh, but is it the right thing to do? Mm. And so sometimes, <laughs> even just talking it out and letting myself get past the all the reasons why I shouldn't do the thing that I actually want to do. How many times have and, we had this conversation <laughs> too? Like you just talk, you're going to talk yourself into the decision. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so I I just share that because I want I want us to be able to be real about what what it's like in real time <laughs> mm. and in actual application and it's not always 
this divine knowing that is like impenetrable and and allows any one of us to make enlightened decisions without a seed of doubt. Yeah, we're human. We're human and everything that we do takes practice. When we were children, we didn't most most children don't go from crawling to walking perfectly in one day. They fall, they get up again, they fall, go back to crawling, they start walking again. It's a long process, it's an investment. And if we think about tapping into our intuition and tapping into that internal guide, we can think about it in many ways as that long-term, what we think of as sort of, quote-unquote, a less tangible investment because we can't see it, but we know when we have long-term investments that they benefit us long-term. So... That's the way we can sort of think about it um, versus going to sort of, and not to say that short-term investing or that external investing is bad. It's certainly not bad at all. It's important to take care of our bodies. It's important to take care of our, you know, our space as we spoke about in our last episode. But those long-term investments are also super beneficial because in the end, it helps us make more intuitive and I want to say better decisions for us. Now, a decision for you is not going to be the same decision for me. And that goes with, you know, that goes with everybody. And that's also something that's very difficult because when we practice yoga and we practice meditation and we're kind of following, if you will, a yogic lifestyle, we are learning how to tap into, again, this intuition. We're learning how to listen to ourselves more than listening to others. We're learning about what feels good for us because we're more aware of how we feel physically and mentally, spiritually. And again, the more we can turn up that volume in, of, you know, of what's happening internally and turn down the volume of what's happening externally, we're going to make more balanced, intuitive decisions. But that doesn't mean, as you say, you can't go and ask somebody for advice. It doesn't mean that external, you know, it's not, it's not to say that we, we are part of a society, we're a part of a collective and we're, we're, we connect on so many different levels. So it's not at all to say, only follow your tuition, everyone else is wrong because we learn from each, other, each other's experiences. And that shouldn't be, that shouldn't be something, just, that shouldn't be negative and it isn't negative. And you and I having a conversation, whether or not you just talk something out and you've made the decision and you've talked yourself into the answer, or we've had a dialogue and I've maybe given you some advice or vice versa. Those are all really positive things. And I think the more, again, the more we can understand ourselves and the more we're going to be able to look towards, you know, and seek advice from maybe like-minded people people that we have trust. Again, it goes back to that sort of trust and connection thing that we have in our, intu inter inner, inner, in our intuition. But sometimes we can, we can silence it because maybe we think it's not going to serve us. But we sort of know where to look for any sort of advice or guidance. And I think the more that we, again, understand and know ourselves, the better decisions we'll make when we go out in search of, in search of those answers. Spot on. <laughs> I'm like, she's asleep. I've lost her. No, <laughs> no I was like, great. Steph is just going to take it on home. Mike, and that's drop. a wrap. <laughs> no, I, I think the only thing I want to reflect back, which, which you've highlighted so wonderfully, is that, yeah, we're not sitting here saying that external is bad, internal is good. It's more about 
each one is a piece of a puzzle. And, and if we can leverage all of the pieces that we have to build the, the, the balanced life that we're seeking, you know, we'll be better for it. But if we're, if we're only using one piece of the puzzle, we're not really going to get a complete, complete picture. No, we're not. This episode was full of analogies. I know. It's kind of I can't fun. even imagine how many, like, sweeping hand gestures I've made in the past 40 <laughs> minutes. I don't know why I'm feeling quite expressive today. Great. <laughs> well, I hope all of you listening uh, felt that energy or that, that excitement, that enthusiasm that we had for this topic. And, yeah, we, we look forward to having more. I know we talked about a couple other topics that we have in the pipeline, probably for season three, because we are— Soon to approach our finale for season two. Unbelievably. I mean, who knew? But hey, here we are. Here we are. Well, thank you so much, Steph, for this conversation. Thank you all to our listeners. And we will see you next time.